Welcome to Perfume Inc., a woman's discipleship podcast for spiritual growth and developing a more intimate relationship with God through the fragrance of His Word. Each show highlights fragrances that attract blessings or repel favor. Receive fragrance tips based on biblical principles and take part in Perfume Capris, inspirational testimonies of how God has showed up and showed out. Praise breaks included. Here's your host, author, speaker, and entrepreneur, Robin Smith. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to Perfume Inc. Episode 4, Segment 1. Our fragrance of the day is faith. This is what pleases God. It is one of the most powerful ways to capture the attention of God. Let's begin. Faith is the essence and foundation of discipleship. We live by this. We walk by this. We are not new to this thing called faith. We know the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. This ain't about feelings. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11 and 1. Faith is easy when the bank account is decent. The children are pleasant, mannerable, and all the bills are paid. And the car is running smoothly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for it. But the real test of our faith comes at the cost when the bank account is an overdraft. The receipt of another phone call from the school The car has broken down with a part needing like a $1,000 repair. And one bill just looks like, you know what? That bill ain't going to get paid this month. Where is your faith then? Because as disciples, if we're living this, we walk in this, we talk in this thing called faith, we have to be able to emulate that to those whom we are discipling, to those whom we are being examples of and to, teachers for and to. But where is your faith then? What kind of faith should they be looking at when they look at you? Is God as big as you shouted on last Sunday? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Because everyone has a measure of faith. But when we say that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, we need to break this down. That first hearing, faith comes by hearing. That means a report. It means a faculty of actually hearing a report. But the second hearing means a saying of a report. The actual message that it comes through. The message that's being delivered by. So it's by the word of God that we first believed in. And it's in that word that we do continue to believe. When a devil in the kingdom of darkness brings all this opposition, you know, to steal, kill and destroy your faith. It's in accordance to your faith in the word that you believe that they're after. It's not the car, the finances, the kids, your co-worker, that crazy boss. It ain't none of that. It's about what the word says concerning them. Because if Satan can get that, then he got you. So let's pump the brakes on that. He ain't getting nothing. For example, if you are sick, the word of faith is that by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. 
When there seems to be more month than money, the word of faith is that God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Well, what if it seems like everything that can go wrong is going wrong and you may feel like you're just losing at every turn, like everything that can go wrong is going wrong. What is up? Well, the word of faith is no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Or how about this one? God will perfect everything that concerns me. Whatever Satan has planned will not prevail. The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. You got to have that word in you. You have to put your faith to work despite what your natural eyes see and what your physical body may be feeling. Faith again, it is the substance of things hoped for. But you know what? What is your evidence? What is your evidence? Well, here is the evidence that you have that your faith is working by the word of God. Three simple key factors. Number one, you got to put in this work by planting. How do we plant? Studying the word of God, being a student of the word being sanctified by the word. But all that means is sowing a seed, sowing a seed into good ground. To plant means to remove any bitterness, disobedience, anger, unforgiveness, and so on and so forth. To dismiss any doubt because you are planting. Whatever you're planting, that's what you're going to believe. So plant the word. But the second step in the process is water, to water that seed. Now, this may mean meditating on the promises of God and his word, praying the word, praising through the word in song, hymns, fasting with that word, singing that word or decreeing and declaring that word out of your mouth. That's watering that seed. And lastly, when we're putting in this work of faith, it is to simply believe. Allow God to make it grow. Know that tests and trials will come. Jesus said we're going to have trouble always. So that shouldn't be nothing new. But this is the thing. As James tells us, when they do come, when all that mess, when all them trials, when all this stuff seems to be coming up against you, James tells us to rejoice. And I know that sounds crazy. Believe me, I know. I know it sounds crazy, but allow God to be God. That is faith. Even when you can't see him, you can't feel him, you can't touch him. You have to allow God to be God. He's not one to change his mind. He ain't one to back off and be like, you know what? Actually, mm, I'm going to do this. He ain't that type. But you must change your perspective and be transformed by that word that you believe, by that word of faith. Because reading the word is one thing, but actually applying it, being obedient is on a whole different level. So make it work for you by letting God be God. That's putting your faith. That's putting work in your faith. You got to be still. Trust him because he won't fail you. You know enough word by now, whether you've been saved for five minutes or 15 years, that God will not fail you. So let patience have its perfect work in you so that you're complete and lacking nothing. Because Satan going to try you. 
But you know what? You should be clapping back with your face. Segment two, a clean house. Now with faith regarding discipleship, it's being the first line of defense in the ministry of reconciliation because it requires us to go and make disciples for the kingdom. We first in line. It requires a great deal of responsibility on our part, but a great accountability of our faith, not just on our part for, you know, calling those things that are not as though they already are, but it's because Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. So therefore, you know, he going to get it done. So we have to do our part. And this means if we are walking by faith, well, what does the walk look like? If we are speaking by faith, you know, what are we actually saying since life and death are in the power of the tongue? But we have to recognize that discipleship requires a clean house and a clean house requires faith. I mean, I understand that we're going to miss the mark sometime, but we need to realize that we have to fail forward into the grace and mercy, the arms of Jesus by getting right back up again. Not staying stuck in that same place, not got all this guilt and all this stuff because the Holy Spirit doesn't come to condemn us. Jesus didn't come to condemn us. He came to condemn the world. But since we're on the saved side of things, the righteous side of things, the Holy Spirit comes to convict us of sin. Okay, it's like getting a butt whoop and he's coming to chastise us. And God just because he loves us. Yeah, we're going to be disciplined sometimes. But we should make a diligent effort to keep the house clean. And because our God is holy, we know because he's holy, he cannot live in a dirty sanctuary. In Romans 12 and 1, it reads, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Again, that's Romans 12 and 1. Have you ever came across a beautiful woman whose hair was gorgeous? Her outfit was slayed and she had all the accessories from head to toe that were absolutely flawless. The girl is on point. So you offer a compliment to her. And when she opened up her mouth, out came the ugliness. I mean, the ugliness of a stank attitude or ill manners. It is such a disappointment. It's like you want to renege on a compliment because what was on the outside didn't match the inside. And honestly, God, all she had to say was thank you. But as women of faith, God instructs us, you and I, to beautify the place of my sanctuary. And that's in Isaiah 60, 13. The sanctuary here refers to where God dwells, his temple. So how can we beautify the sanctuary when we are now the temple of the living God? Now, we read earlier, according to Romans 12 and 1, we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Well, it has nothing, and I mean nothing, absolutely nothing to do with outer appearances. I know we look good for church and we're in the Sunday best, but it has nothing to do with outer appearances. So you can keep the wigs and the weaves and the nicks and the Revlon and the MAC makeup and all that stuff. It doesn't even require degrees and social status to have a certain economic status and none of that. Because many claim these titles and positions and look the part, but they have no power. None. Zero. 
because the anointing has dissipated due to dirty sanctuaries. Now, Jesus cannot live in an unclean house, stepping over stuff, hoarding stuff that we're hoarding, you know, holding on to like for a just in case, just in case Jesus don't do this. You know, I got this or we got trash piling up that should have been taken out. I mean, thrown out like years ago. Stuff like unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment and so on. But at the point of keeping the house clean, it is only because it is no longer our will, but the will of the Father who lives inside of us. For the pain, God said he would give us beauty for ashes. If we are presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, it requires us to die to the flesh. Don't nobody like that, okay? They don't tell you that when you get saved, but don't nobody like dying to the flesh because everybody still want to do what everybody want to do. But what does that mean? Romans 12 and 1 shows us three ways to beautify our sanctuaries, to beautify the sanctuary of the Lord. The first thing is you present. That's number one, you present. Can't nobody do this for you. The pastor, your mama, your grandma, your grandma's prayers. Can't nobody present your body a living sacrifice. You have to do this. Again, I repeat Neither grandma, your mama, or the intercessory prayer team can do this for you. Your pastor can't lay hands on you and do it. None of that. Present here is the Greek term, which means to stand, to offer, or exhibit. You present your praise. You stand on the word. You decree and declare the word of God out of your mouth. You run your race. I got mine to run. But that's number one, is you present. This is how we beautify the sanctuary. Number two is your body. It's personal. This is personal and it's private to God. You are representing your body as a living sacrifice, which means we are dead to sin and alive to Christ. I mean, we cannot act as if sin can sway us or keep us shackled with no kind of escape. Because Jesus always provides a way to escape. It's just like, do we really want to leave? You know what I'm saying? Just keep this real. Whatever Jesus died for, we are delivered from. So we have to lay aside all that dead weight that's keeping us from a blessing. For real. The other portion of being or beautifying the sanctuary, other than our bodies as living sacrifices, is that it's holy. Is sacred, set apart. It's an instrument of righteousness, right standing. And that's in Romans 6, 13, which means we're to bring our body under the captivity of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We get that he is our savior, but the question is, is he our Lord? And as disciples, he gotta be. That ain't an option. And we can see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. It's a mind thing that's being renewed and transformed in the renewed image of Christ. It's not social media. It's not the news. It's not somebody else's opinion. But God says to be holy. And that's in Leviticus 19 and 2. The last portion of that is pleasing. Okay. Now we're talking about our body as a living sacrifice. We're talking about our body as holy. And lastly, we're talking about our bodies as pleasing. Pleasing unto God. Sis, 
We do what we do unto the Lord, not man. Man can keep it, keep it moving. God delights in our prayers as a sweet aroma. He ain't trying to hear the prayers of the righteous, or I'm sorry, the unrighteous, the, the wicked. He laughing at them. He ain't trying to hear none of that. It's an abomination. Their thoughts are an abomination to him. Okay, just, just hear me on this. We are pleasing unto God, not man. He desire he desires our praise. Because praise from the upright is beautiful. God is pleased with our faith. As we walk and live by faith, we are reminding him. We are reminding God how much we trust him, how much we believe in him. Even when we can't see him, taste him, hear him, or touch him. But lastly, when we're talking about beautifying the sanctuary, other than we have to present ourselves, we have to present our body. And the other thing is, simply because it's our reasonable service. Let's break this one down. Our reasonable service is to worship him. Our reasonable service is to give up our lives for him. So that we can receive life. It's the least that we can do. Think about what he did for us. I mean, let's go back to like Sunday School 101. This man, God in the form of a man named Jesus, walked this earth for the sole purpose of saving us from ourselves, giving us eternal life. It's the least we can do. It's like, Presenting our bodies is like a thank you to him. It's like being grateful. It's like, God, I appreciate you. It's the least that we can do because we were bought with a price. First Corinthians 6 and 20 states that, you know, to glorify God in our body and spirit because they both belong to God. I mean, you can't be afraid of nobody else. Like we should be afraid of somebody who could put both body and soul in hell. And we don't have a kind of fear with God. We have a certain reverence and respect and admiration for him because God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and a sound mind. But I'm just saying that our bodies belong to him. Our mind, we're being renewed by the word in our mind every day, getting in that word every day, trying to figure out, okay, God, where you want me to go? How you want me to say this? Um, being led by the Holy Spirit. And all this is by faith while we are doing this discipleship thing. Okay? This whole thing of beautifying the sanctuary. One, yes, is responsibility on our part. But it's also responsibility on the part of God. Because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And if we are to go out and make disciples, one, he gave us the command to do so, the great commission to do so. So he's going to equip us with the tools in order to do so. He ain't just going to be like, here, go out and do this and just leave us hanging. So he's already given us the tools to beautify the sanctuary. He did not already gave you a broom, a mop and all this stuff. It's called the word of God. <laughs> we use the word of God as, a, as our mirror. Okay, but again, 
in order to beautify the sanctuary, we are to present ourselves, because can't nobody do it for us, present our bodies, because it's a personal, private thing to God, it's living sacrifices, all right? And obviously, the last reason, the final reason, is because it's our reasonable service. It is the least that we can do to just say thank you. So what can you do to beautify his sanctuary today? Segment three, the Holy Spirit. As disciples of God, the Holy Spirit acts as an anchor of faith regarding discipleship. Now, disciples, we understand that the Holy Spirit is a gift from God. Because in John 14, 16, 17, and 26, it reads, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've said to you. Again, God's the author and the finisher of your faith, and he has already given us the person of the Holy Spirit to help us with discipleship. We have been given the main thing that we need, the main person that we need to help us advance the kingdom. But the purpose of the Holy Spirit is simply power. That's found in Acts 1 and 8, where it reads, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and all Samaria and unto all the uttermost part of the earth. That's discipleship. We are witnesses. The Holy Spirit enables us to be witnesses of God's power. Again, the Holy Spirit is not an it, but a he, okay? In the believer's life, in our life as disciples and, you know, keeping the house clean, the Holy Spirit enables us to do that. He enables the purification and the cleansing so we are transformed to be more like Christ. The Holy Spirit enables us with this power to live right and to talk right, to be fitted for the work of discipleship among, obviously, the spiritual gifts that Christ has given to us in our lives. Okay? But when we are talking about the Holy Spirit as a person, he has so many jobs to be helping us out with. Just like you, you may be a mother, a daughter, a teacher, um, a lawyer, a pastor, a worship leader, a coach. You have all those different titles under your name, but you're still Rachel or Sarah or Tiffany. You're still the same person, but you just have a few different jobs. Well, the Holy Spirit does the same thing for us and our lives as believers and also to note as disciples. Well, what is he known for? Well, what are his other jobs or aliases, so to speak? Well, the Holy Spirit does perform many acts, but the one thing that he does, like we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and 10, 
where it reads that God has revealed them to us by his spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches all things. Okay? He searches everything. He gives us an illumination of what the spirit is saying, of what God is saying. He is the mouth of God. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. He's spoken of as a teacher. I mean, we read this in John 14 and 26, where he's like the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things. He's a teacher. If we don't know something, what? We go to the word. We ask the Holy Spirit. What does he do? He leads us and guides us in our truth. And speaking of leading, where it reads in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, where it says, For many, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So it's more than the Holy Spirit just being, just um, showing us, okay, yes, this is the way in which you should go. But he's actually leading us, directing us, giving us specific instructions on Hey, let me take you by the hand. Let's go here. Don't do this. Don't talk to that person. You have this unction in your spirit when you know, hey, mm, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Actually, I should go here. And then you find out, oh my God, thank you, Lord. Because God might have just used the Holy Spirit to save you from an accident or any other thing that the enemy is trying to come up on you with. And as disciples... He, because he leads us and guides us in all truth, we can count on this. We can believe this. We can call this out by faith because he's going to do what he's going to do. He's not going to go back and do something else. We know he's a comforter. We know he's going to be a teacher. We know he's going to guide us. We know that we're not going to be lost and stuck and looking crazy like, oh my God, what am I going to say? Because he's going to give us what to say. He's going to show us where to go. Fragrance tip 101. Stop and smell the roses. Literally, count your blessings. Freshen up your day by stopping to count all the many blessings in your life from great and small. Because we should literally take the time to consider how blessed we really are. Somebody's always going to be in a more unfortunate situation than we may be. But understand that we may not have all that we want, but we literally have all that we need. And his name is Jesus. Stop and smell the roses. Welcome to Perfume Caprice. This is my favorite part of the show where we talk about how God has showed up and showed out in the lives of women who were either in the Bible or it might be a woman you know next door. But today's special lady is Jehoshabeth. We're going to call her Auntie J for short. All right, affectionately. Now, Auntie J knew all too well the importance of being hidden and covered in the house of the Lord. In this case, she hid her nephew, Joash, from the enemy. Now, Auntie J was the daughter of King Jeroham, and her father, King Jeroham, had died of this terrible disease because guess what this dude did? He stopped serving God. Well, she was ended up getting married and got married to a priest. But after her brother Ahaziah was murdered, the Bible says the house had no power to still keep the kingdom. So what was she going to do? After Ahaziah was killed, his mother, Atalia, reigned in his place to destroy the seed and prevent God's promise that David's descendants will always be on the throne. 
But what she failed to realize is God holds all power in his hands. God set it up that Auntie J took him and his nurse in the bedchamber to keep them in hiding. Auntie J hid Joash, the royal seed and descendant of King David in the house of God for six years. Now, at the proper time, when Joash was seven years old, he became king and Atalia was executed. Now, it may seem that the wicked are prospering, but don't even worry about it. God has their days numbered. I promise you that because no one may be looking in your direction or either, you know, the fruit hasn't shown up yet. But know that God is hiding you for good reason. He is covering you like Auntie J covered Joash in the house of the Lord, the shadow of his wings. Now, just hold on. Just wait on the Lord and reap in due season. Give God praise for that, for what's coming. is the foundation of discipleship so remember in order to check your faith it should either be in a planting phase watering phase or growing phase which means allowing God to be God so we can make that word grow in our hearts so that it can be fertilized in good ground just so that when the enemy tries to come in like a flood we can clap back and we got something to answer it because that way the Lord is going to lift up that standard. The word is the Lord is going to lift up that word, that word of faith that's in your heart regarding that situation. But we should also consider that it's our responsibility, but God's accountability and keeping a sanctuary clean, meaning our bodies clean, um, because it's where God dwells It's where the indwelling of the Holy Spirit lives. And we want to have a clean place. We want to throw out the trash of bitterness and hate and gossip and resentment and all that stuff. We want to be able to keep the house clean, but also know that the Holy Spirit's job is to enable us to grant us, to give us the power to disciple to go out and make disciples, to go out and fulfill the Great Commission, to go out and be witnesses. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to do that. But tune in next week as we discuss the fragrance of worship. Thank you for listening to Perfume Inc. with Robin Smith, a woman's discipleship podcast for every daughter of Christ who wants to be properly fragranced for any occasion. We pray this message was a blessing to you. Subscribe, review, and share. Sisters don't let sisters shout alone. Or text PERFUME to 21000 to join the praise party.